Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you again with sharing the Word of God. We are coming today, um, this is our Bible study, and we are coming from the book of Habakkuk. We've already done um, Habakkuk 1 and Habakkuk 2, and so now this is, we're at Habakkuk chapter 3 is where we're going to be coming from. And in the first chapters, we see Habakkuk asking questions about how long will the unrighteous overtake the righteous? And so Habakkuk was wanting to know this from God. How long was he going to let the uh, righteous just be overtaken by people who were wicked? And so in the second chapter, God speaks and responds to Habakkuk. So Habakkuk's whole thing was, God, do you even care? And so God speaks up and says, yes, he does care. And he tells Habakkuk how he's going to let the Chaldeans come in. And so um, now we're to the point where um, Habakkuk is now in prayer. He's heard what God has said. And so go back and listen to uh, the Bible study that we did for Habakkuk 1 and for Habakkuk 2. So you can see where we are now at Habakkuk 3. So it says that in Habakkuk chapter 3, this is a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, upon Siganoth. And so Habakkuk is a poet, and so he's a poet and a prophet. And when I looked up Siganoth, Siganoth is said to be like, um, it's a it's a prayer set to music, and possibly the music has strong emotion to it. Uh, Habakkuk has gotten to the place where he's he, he knows what God is going to do, and you're going to see that he's going to go forth into a praise in this prayer. And so whenever you go into praise, that is strong emotion in praise. If you stop and think about how if you're ever in a worship service and the spirit is really high and you start to move, there's strong emotion into that because you can just feel that thing all in your spirit. Or if you're at home and you're listening to music and something just really touches your spirit, it just brings out that strong emotion. You feel that strong presence of God in the midst of your worship. He says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid, O Lord, revive Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. And so here, uh, any time that you hear from God and God gives you a word, it and, and it's something that's going to be um, uh, very hard for a person or a people to go through, it does bring about fear and trembling in you. Habakkuk realized that Israel had sinned against God and that they were going to have to go into captivity because God was going to send the Babylonians in to take over that nation that the Babylonians were going about and they were conquering nation after nation. And it appeared that uh, Judah was about to be overtaken. Israel was about to be overtaken by the Babylonians. And so 
uh, the word of the Lord had come to Habakkuk, and Habakkuk was afraid because any time we go into the unknown, there is a fear in going into the unknown. But Habakkuk said, God, revive thy work in the midst of the years. So he was still asking for a revival to come back to the people, even though they would go into captivity and that the hand of the Lord would be made known that God would, would, would stand up and make his power known, even though that they were in captivity. And so he said, Lord, he wanted God to in uh, uh, his wrath to remember mercy. What are what, what is man? Man is but dust. God uh, uh, shaped man up out of the dust of the earth and blew into his nostrils. And so man may think that he is strong, but really he's not in comparison to God. Man gets his strength from God. And so Habakkuk is saying, okay, Israel has done wrong and we're going to have to go into captivity. But God, remember our frame. Remember that we are uh, are are. are a week in certain ways. Remember God that if your wrath, we can't stand up against your wrath and he's wanting God to have mercy upon them when they do go into captivity. But he's respectful of the fact to God. He doesn't try to ask God to take them out of captivity because he knows that God is a God of justice. And while God is long-suffering, God has to bring a chastisement to his people when his people do wrong. But he just asks God to remember them uh, with mercy. He says in the third verse, God came from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. And whenever there's a Selah, it means that we need to stop and we need to think about some things. And the things that he was thinking about was that Israel would have to go into this captivity. God is come and God is getting up and God is about to do something about the things that he's been long-suffering with Israel and he's 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 waiting on Israel to repent long enough and Israel won't repent and so captivity is about to take place soon his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praises and his brightness was as the light he had horns coming out of his hand and there was the hiding of his power before him the hiding of his power. So he's looking at the glory of God. He's looking at his glory is covering the heavens and the earth and is full of his praise. If you ever go out, there was one time in my life where I could go out and I would see, I would just see nature. But what I actually was seeing in in my mind, it was like I was seeing pictures. I could look at trees and see the glory of God and look at the rivers. And I still can do that because if you go out, if you remember as children, children, at, at least this is what I used to do as a child. I would go out and I would lay on a blanket or lay on a cover out on the grass and I would just look up at the sky. I'd look up at the clouds as, the, as they were moving. I'd look at the clovers that were on the grass. And you know how you would pick out the four leaf clovers. You could just see the glory of God. You can see Habakkuk was seeing God's glory. God, Habakkuk was seeing the majesty of God in the earth and that everything in the earth needed to give God praise because of who God was. He saw the brightness of the light and he, he was just seeing God in nature. Listen at how the birds sing and 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 
Let's look at the rainbows in the sky and how everything is held together synergistically by God. And you know that there has to be a creator who created all of this. So this was the glory that that Habakkuk was giving God because even though they were going to go into captivity, he remembered the greatness of the almighty God and the things that God had done for Israel. He said in verse number five, He says, before him went pestilence and the burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood and he measured the earth and beheld and drove asunder the nations and the everlasting mountains were scattered and perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. And so he's remembering back on how God bought Israel up out of the land of Egypt and how he had to use the um, signs and wonders with the Egyptians to get them to free Israel from the grips of of their hands and how when God moves forth, he's got burning coals forth as his feet. And so it's just like anything that is in God's way, it has to move out of the way of God. When God stands up and he looks out across uh, uh, the earth, he knew that he was going to take part of the land of the Canaanites, that he was going to take land from the Canaanites and he was going to give it to Israel. And so everything has to respond to God is here. He personifies the mountains that whenever God makes a command, the mountains have to move at the command of God. The hills, they shake, they tremble. They have to move at the hand of God. And however God acted then is the way that God acts now. His ways are everlasting. He says, I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction and the curtains of the land of Medea tremble. So when God begins to move, the, the, the heavens and the earth move for God. The, the, the people have to move for God. Whatever God says is going to happen, it has to happen. So we at verse number eight, he asks a question and he says, Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea that thou didst ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation? And so Habakkuk looks at the fact that whenever there is a war that is declared upon something, whenever you see the armies of the nations at that time coming out, they would be in their chariots and have their horses. And it would be a terrifying sight, just like Israel was terrified at the sight of seeing the Egyptians and Pharaoh had sent the Egyptians back after Israel, after he had let them go. So he's seeing God as riding on a chariot, God coming with his army. And was he mad at the sea and was he mad at the river? Uh-uh, he wasn't. But he calls the rivers and he would calls the sea to obey his command for the saving of the Israelites. So just like with Moses, with crossing the Red Sea, he calls the sea to separate and the children of Israel were able to walk across on dry land. And even for Joshua, he would call the rivers of Jordan to back up and to uh, when, when the 
priests were walking with the Ark of the Covenant that, that when they got ready to step in, the waters, the waters rolled back so that Israel would be able to cross the river on dry land. So God was moving by his powers. And so um, Habakkuk is looking at the greatness of God, that whatever God sets out to do, people have to obey his commands. The earth has to obey the commands of God, where is he can cause waters to roll back. He can cause a sea to uh, split wide open so that he can take care of his people, Israel. So Habakkuk is remembering back on the goodness of God, how he took care of them and how he took care of of them through it all through through everything they had to go through that God was watching out for them at all times because he loved Israel to that amount but he realized that uh, even in the midst of God caring for his people back then Israel had disobeyed and God had to follow his own word that he would bring back justice uh, that he had to bring Israel back to him and through captivity they would come back to God because they remember how much they had done to God and then so he says the the bow was made quite naked ac according to the oaths of the tribes even thy words Selah thou didst cleave the earth with rivers and so now that uh, he's looking at the fact that God has taken the the bow out of its covering it's exposed and so if you take a bow and an arrow and you aim it at something whatever God shoots his arrow at that's where activity is going to take place that God has destined to happen and so it says the mountains saw thee and they trembled I'm at verse number 10 the mountains saw thee and they trembled and and as I said before anytime that God is moving, anything has to obey God. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers, is what he said in that ninth verse. I skipped over that. And so God would cause rivers to come into uh, Jerusalem. God calls water to come out of a rock. Um, so whatever God commands, I don't care what thing it is, what people it is, it's going to tremble and it's going to obey the voice of God. The overflowing of the waters passed by, the deep uttered his voice and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in the habitation. He's referring back to when um, Joshua had calls, called for the sun and the moon to stand still so that they could finish up a battle. And it did stand still at the command of Joshua. At the light of thine arrows they went, and the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thrust the heathen in anger. So he remembers that whenever God was leading them, and he's thinking back upon the past, whenever God was leading Israel in battles, that God was leading them and he had an indignation against the evil nations. And so even though they were going into captivity, he remembered what God had did for Israel before. And he knew that God would do for Israel once again. So he's 
getting joy, even though he's knowing that they're going to go into captivity. He remembered how great God was and that God could do anything, that God could take down nations and God could set Israel up again. But they would just have to go through this period of captivity. Verse 13 says, Thou wentest forth for the salvation of the people, even for salvation with thine anointed, thou wounded, thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation of the neck, Silah. Thus did thou strike through with his staves the head of the villages. So God was here and God was leading Israel with one ultimate goal in mind that was to save his people that was to bring his people out that was to set his people up in the land that he had wanted to set them in god was fighting the battle for israel god was taking over for israel they came out um in verse number 14 they came out as a whirlwind to scatter me their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. So the enemies may have come out up against Israel, may have tried to come out up against God to keep that which God was going to take to give to Israel. But you can't, even if you come out like a whirlwind, you cannot stand up against the hand of God. When God is in movement, when God is determined to bring somebody out, to bring somebody through as he was determined in the past to bring Israel out, the enemies didn't stand a chance against God. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses through the heap. Of a great water, so through the mud and through the sea, God triumphed through every battle, everything that God came up against with Israel, Israel came out victorious with God every time, and so um Habakkuk is remembering back upon that, and he knows that the time is coming that Israel will go into captivity, but he remembers that greatness of God, how he had brought them through everything. And so now at verse number 16, he says, When I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, at the voice, rottenness entered into my bones and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh up unto the people he will invade he will invade them with his troops and so he's he's thinking back that what Israel does have to face he is afraid and like I said before, any time that you come up against something that you've never had to go through before, fear can overtake you and stuff. But your trust has to be in God whenever you come up against the unknown. He says, my lips quivered at the voice when he heard what God was saying. He says, rottenness entered into my bones. So he, fear had taken over him, and he's admitting this before God. 
that I might rest in the day of troubles. So one thing that when we are going through trouble in our lives, we need to rest in God. And people can look at you sometimes and know you got trouble and they wonder, how is it that you are going through all of this and you're not uh, dismayed at what you're going through? You're not dismayed because you know that God is going to take care of you. You know that you've seen God. You've got a track record. You've got fellowship with God. And you've seen him move in your past. You know that God is going to move in your future. When he cometh up unto his people, he will invade them with his truth. So he knows that, that, that they are going to be invaded. He knows that the Israelites are going to go into Babylonian captivity. And when this happens... We got to rest in God. Whenever we come up against troubles, when enemies come up against us, keep your peace and rest in God. Know and believe and say, you know that God is going to take care of you. You know that God is going to work this situation out for you. And that was the thing that Habakkuk had to realize was that Israel, yes, it was going to go into captivity. And, and even though the land would be invaded, God was going to take care of his people. He has, he was praying this prayer that God would carry them through, that God would have mercy, that God would, would, would stand up and be strong with the people, that God would one day again show that he was over Israel and that he would bring them out and that God, he wanted God to give them the people in the midst of captivity he wanted God to give them a revival in their hearts he wanted God to show show himself strong in them and for them to reconnect with God so that they would be able to give God the praises in the captivity so he says in verse number 17 he knows that this is coming and he he's he's committed that even though Israel has seen good days from God and and had seen many blessings, there was going to come some changes that Israel would have to face and they would have to realize that all these changes were coming about because of the wickedness that they had done. But they you know, would miss those things. And so he he does this comparison here because what they once knew, the way they knew life before, it would not be like that now. He says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, they were used to having figs and making uh, fig cakes and used to having bounty. He says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, this is in verse 17, Neither shall the fruit be on the vines. They were used to large clusters of grapes. They were used to wine. And the labor of the olive shall shall fail. And they were used to the olive oil, rich olive oils. And the fields shall yield no meat. They were used to having a harvest. And now they were going to be without. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. They were used to having cattle. And so now... They, they're they not going to be able to have that. And there shall be no herd in the, in the stalls. The flocks are going to die off either through starvation or through pestilence. They He realized this is coming upon Israel. And then he makes a transition. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So whenever 
the bad things come, there has to be a yet in us as well. Even though I'm going through bad, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though I may not have enough, yet I will give God praise. Even though I don't know what to do, yet I will trust in the Lord. So he says in verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So he's their captivity will cause a bad time for Israel, but he knows that they have to turn to God for their salvation, for their ultimate victory, for them to come up out of this captivity. He says the Lord in verse number 19, the Lord God is my strength. So whenever we're going through something, we got to remember that we may get tired, we may get weary, but God is our strength. He says, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. And when something is like hinds feet, that means that uh, if if you look at the land in, in Israel, land the land in Israel would have valleys and it would have mountains and there would be uh like goats and I've forgotten the name of the other animal that they would have that would climb up in the rock steep, steep, steep hills. But when you got hinds feet, you have that ability to climb, climb up over rocky things. You have that climb, the ability to climb up over steep things. So when you got hinds feet, that means that when you're going through trials and tribulations, when you're going through rough places and high steep places that were it not for the grace of God given to you, you could, you could fall if this was a physical thing, you could fall to your death. So when you got hinds feet that no matter whatever you go through, God will take you through those things. When you got hinds feet, you may be going through a high place or you may be going through a steep place, a dangerous territory. But God will give you the ability through his grace, his mercy and his strength. You will be able to make it through. So he says that that. He will, he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon high places. And then this, this, um, chapter ends with to the chief singer on my string instruments. And so this is a prayer that is ultimately going to be sung. And so, uh, that's how he ends, ends it with it going to the chief musician. So this is the conclusion of the book of Habakkuk. And so we see that the, uh, throughout the whole thing that you, you may have the perspective that the wicked are triumphing over the righteous, but in the long run, they don't win. You have to also realize that we as a people have to stay connected to God because when we we continue in our sinful ways and won't change our ways, then God is obligated to go and to bring about a correction even to us. And so even in the midst of correction, if we fail to heed and obey what God has told us to do, uh, just like Israel went into captivity, there's going to be a change that God is going to make in us. But what we got to realize is this, is that if God has to make a correction on us, that we did, we will, would have brought it on ourselves. But in the midst of it, we need to just take the correction and 
Just remember that God is our God. This is our Heavenly Father. So this is what we have learned from the book of Habakkuk. I hope that this teaching has helped you in some way and that you have enjoyed the study of Habakkuk and with the theme of God, do you even care? And we find out, yes, God does really care. He cared about Israel and God cares about you and I. And so that's a good thing. Um, that is a very good thing. Uh, he is our heavenly father. And so when we do go through things and if we won't repent, he will have to correct us. But we know that whenever God does something to correct us, that he he loves us just the same. So just trust in him. Just trust in God and know that God will bring you out. So I am thankful for those of you who listen to this Bible study from coming from the book of Habakkuk. And I hope to see you again um, and be able to share the word of God with you again real soon. So you believe be blessed until we meet again. Bye bye.